time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast, now being courageously broadcast in some 16 countries across the world where people are tuning in for solid biblical truth, because that's what it's all about, getting truth. In an age of insanity, in an age where people don't know what reality is, where they make up their own stuff, where people just invent their own reality, where people, where the news invents their own reality. Everybody has a narrative, and that narrative may or may not be based upon truth. And the good news about the Bible, about God's Word, is that by virtue of the fact you say God's word, you know that it's based on truth because God cannot lie. So that's what the Vintage Truth Podcast is all about, is giving you God's truth in a language that makes sense to you. You know, years ago, I was um, driving from up northwest Arkansas to to, uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I was going to visit some friends there at the University of Alabama. This was many years ago while I was in college. And the two days prior to leaving for that trip, I had stayed up studying for exams. And so my my girlfriend at the time, who later became my wife, and her best friend, we all piled into this car together to make this uh, long journey to, uh, to Alabama. I don't know, it's like 12, 14 hours, whatever it was. Anyway, so we're making the trip. And because I had not slept in so long, I found myself hallucinating on the road. And there were long periods of time behind the wheel that I had no idea what was going on. So I, I gave the wheel to, to, my, uh, to my friend, not my girlfriend, but my, my wife's best friend. And I said, well, you, you drive for a while. And so I, I got over in the passenger seat. I started, you know, put my head against the window to kind of catch, you know, 30 minutes or whatever. I woke up a couple minutes later to the sound of the car vibrating. And I, I looked up and we were, we were going off the road. And I looked over and my friend, uh, this girl that was driving, she was passed out. She was completely out of it because she had stayed up for two days studying as well. And I yelled at her and woke her up and she stopped the car and said, look, I I think I can make it from here. So I got back in the car or back in the driver's seat and headed on uh, to our destination. But, you know, sometimes when you're sleep deprived, you, you do, you fall asleep, don't you? And when you're asleep, sometimes things happen. It takes a jolt to wake you up, to bring you back to reality, to back to sanity, back to a place of lucidity and to where you can see things clearly. You know, I wrote a book a couple of years ago called Wake the Bride uh, that's continuing to have a huge impact in Christians' lives because it's causing Christians to open their eyes to the things that are going on around us and most of all to their own spiritual life. It's one thing to see what's going on around us is a whole other thing to make sure that that's impacting your own spiritual life. And so Christians are being woken up. They're having these these personal spiritual revivals in their hearts as a result of reading this book, because all this book does is really explain uh, the scripture to you. So I want to do this podcast today. I want to talk about some signs that you might be asleep uh, spiritually 
by looking at some of the signs of people who sleep physically? What, what are the some of the characteristics of that? And, and there are many that we could talk about. I just want to highlight about four or five here. Signs that you may be asleep as a Christian. You know, when a person is asleep, they are usually unaware as to what is going on around them. And they're unconcerned with the things that are happening around them because, well, they're, they're asleep. And a person who is who is spiritually asleep is either unaware of spiritual things or they're unconcerned about spiritual things. If they're spiritually asleep, it means that they are focused and concerned with so many things that are happening in the world or just themselves. They're just completely self-absorbed, but they're not concerned about spiritual things. This person doesn't ever open a Bible. If you're not reading your Bible, if you're not studying your Bible, let me just go ahead and just nail it for you right now. You're asleep, okay? You are asleep as a Christian. You're not awake. Your eyes are closed. You're snoring as a believer if you're not in the Bible. So you could just stop this broadcast right now and go ahead and understand that you're you're asleep. Now, if you want to find out how to get awake, keep listening because I'm going to tell you here in a couple minutes. But if you're not in the Word, you're asleep. And so you're unaware or unconcerned about spiritual things. Uh, a second thing is on this, on being asleep, is that if you're asleep, you, you don't understand what's happening around you. And a lot of Christians today don't know what's happening in the world. They don't know how the events of what's happening, how the season of, of history that we're in right now directly relates to Bible prophecy. And if you don't know what's going on prophetically in this world right now, you are asleep. So that's number one. They're unconcerned or unaware of what's going around them. Secondly, somebody who is asleep is subject to illusions or dreaming. We call it dreaming, right? Now, some of you guys out there, so how do I can't remember anything that I dream? I'm not like that at all, man. I have vivid 3D HD Dolby surround sound dreams. I mean, my dreams are so lucid and so real. But about five minutes after I wake up, I usually forget them. But but they're always there. I dream all the time. But somebody who is asleep dreams. Their, their sense of reality and judgment is skewed. They think strange things in their head. That's why your dreams are so weird, by the way, right? You think things that aren't really true and you have you know, these, these dream visions, if you want to call them, of these the things that happen to you that you would never think about when you're awake, right? It's only when you're asleep. And somebody who is spiritually asleep is someone who also believes things that are not true. And I'm talking about Christians who have very little or no doctrinal discernment. Very little or no doctrinal discernment. And you know what? Paul addressed that whole idea over in uh, first, uh, excuse me, Second Thessalonians, because the Thessalonian church had been infiltrated by these false teachers, and their faith was being shaken by some false teaching that had come into the church, and they were really unaware of some of the things that Paul had told them because they had forgotten the things that Paul had taught them previously when he was with them. And so they are, they're susceptible uh, to believing things. And listen, I can't tell you 
In fact, I'll just go ahead and tell you, the majority of Christians that I run into, the majority of Christians that I come in contact with today have very little discernment as to what is true and what is not true. And they're so easily misled. And somebody will just tack on Jesus to something and all of a sudden they think it's true. Or they'll teach something as if it's coming from the Bible. Or they'll be taking a Bible verse or a Bible principle out of context. And these people will accept that as gospel. They'll accept it as real. Why? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 5 is that their senses have not been trained to discern the difference between good and evil. In other words, just because you're a Christian doesn't automatically mean that you are trained and mature in being able to understand the difference between good and evil. In fact, this is what this verse says in Hebrews chapter 5. It says, he's, he's getting on to them because they should really be teaching others by this time, but they're still babies drinking milk. He says, for everyone who takes, partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he uh, is a baby. He says, but solid food is for the mature, listen to this, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So let me ask you a question. How do you know whether or not a teaching is really coming from God? How do you understand that? There's no way you can know that. You're asleep if you cannot discern the difference between the subtleties of Satan's lies out there today. And you know, guess what? It seems so real. I mean, somebody falls down, hits their head, says they went to heaven and tells you a story about heaven. You go, wow, that's so cool. Really? How do you know that really happened? Somebody tells you a, a truth they, they got from the Bible. How do you know that it's really in the Bible? Or, or they say, well, you know what? God just lets everybody into heaven. Everybody gets to go to, how do you know that? It seems real. It seems good. It seems acceptable. You see, you think you're awake, but you're unaware that you're still in a dream. And that's why Jesus himself had to tell the churches in Revelation to wake up because they had lost their discernment. They had denied the truth and they were living a lie. They were living a lie. So when you're spiritually asleep, you can't see things as they really are. You have to wake up in order to see things as they really are, right? You know, another thing about someone who's asleep is that they're disconnected from other people. Now, you can walk in your sleep. You can even talk in your sleep. But you really can't carry on a real relationship with someone when you're asleep. And Christians who are asleep have no contact with other Christians on a, on a deep spiritual level. Now, let me say, well, I have Christian friends. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having what the Bible calls fellowship, koinonia. It means to partner together in something. It means to share something in common, that something is Jesus Christ. If you have Christian friends and those Christian, you never talk about Jesus with each other or the Bible with each other or prayer or what's going on in your spiritual life, or you never pray with one another or for one another, let me tell you something then that's not fellowship. That's friendship, but it's not fellowship. It's not really very deep friendship either, right? I mean, if just by going to church doesn't mean you have fellowship. By going to a small home group does not mean you have fellowship. You see, fellowship only happens when we come together around the person of Jesus Christ. We share something spiritual. Now, it doesn't always have to be spiritual all the time, but you have to have that component 
as a part of the relationship. So someone who's asleep is disconnected from other people like that. Another uh, characteristic of someone who's asleep is that they're, they're simply inactive. They're just laying there. You ever try to wake someone up who, who just won't wake up? You shake them, you turn the light on. I had friends like that <laughs> in college. We try to wake them up for an exam. They would just lay there, you know. We'd sound the horn, smelling salts, everything. They're out. They're done, right? They're inactive. Now, you can have movement when you're asleep. You can have, uh, uh, you can snore, you have restless leg syndrome, you can toss and turn in the night, right? But movement is not the same thing as progress. You see, someone who's a spiritually awake person has progress, not just movement. And that's another thing that Jesus rebuked the churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 for because they had lots of movement, but no progress. They had lots of activity, but no maturity. And so being asleep means you're inactive. And then a fourth one is that, or excuse me, a fifth one, is that when you're asleep, you're the most vulnerable to attack. You ever heard the phrase killed in your sleep, right? Yeah, people get killed in their sleep. You know, Samson got his hair cut off when he was sleeping. David's men once took the spear of Saul while he was sleeping. There was a young man named Eutychus in, I believe it was Acts chapter 20, who, who was on the third story of a building and he fell out of the window while Paul was preaching one night because um, he fell asleep and he was dead. He hit the ground dead, okay? You see, sleeping people are always in a little bit of danger because they're vulnerable to attack. That's why you lock your doors at night. That's why you have an alarm system probably in your house or your apartment or whatever because you're more vulnerable then because people can sneak in. Right? They can open a window or door or whatever. And Christians who sleep are also in great danger. They're, they're vulnerable to Satan's attack. And that's why Ephesians 6.10 tells us to put on the full armor of God and to always be awake that way. You see, there's a difference between what I call spiritual narcolepsy and just dozing off. You know, we don't just spiritually become narcoleptic. I mean, all of a sudden we're walking along, we just fall over, sleep. It's not how it happens. We get sleepy, just like you get sleepy. You sit down after a hard day, and you turn on the TV or open your computer or whatever, and you're just like, I'm just going to sit here just five minutes, all, and, and before you can finish the sentence, you're, you're out, right? You, we all do that, right? Well, that's kind of the way it happens. We gradually fall asleep. We get tired, and we don't do the things to keep ourselves awake. And so sometimes we need a shot of caffeine. You know, we need an energy drink. We need something, five-hour energy, something to stimulate our mind to keep us awake. That's why I wrote Wake the Bride, was to spiritually stimulate Christians. Now, why should Christians even be awake in the first place? Let me give you a couple of quick reasons. Number one, because the Lord is coming back. That's why. And, and Paul even said in Philippians 4, 5, he says, the Lord is near, he says in that verse. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul tells the Thessalonian believers that the coming of the Lord uh, is near and that because of that, they should be aware of what's going on, the signs and the times that are happening. He says the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. Well, they're saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them. So he says, let us not, verse 6, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. If you, if you heard a siren going off in your neighborhood that was telling you that a tornado was, had been sighted in your area, 
Would you just say, well, I'm sick of thinking I'm going to lay down for a few minutes? No. You'd be alert. You'd be aware. And because the Lord is returning, then that tells us that we ought to be even more alert than we usually are. In fact, because the hour is late, Paul wrote over in Romans uh, chapter 13, trying to help those Roman believers understand that even though they're just they're in the first century, that they're still in the final hour. This is what he says. He says, and do this knowing the time or the age that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation, that means deliverance from this earth, is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is at hand. Let us therefore lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. So you say, why should I be awake? Well, be awake because the Lord is coming. Be awake because the, because the hour is late. And thirdly, be awake because people need Jesus Christ. You know, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is still in the Bible. Jesus gave a commission, a command to every believer to be a part of making disciples. Making disciples. And that command is still in effect. So as long as we're here, our lives in some way need to, be, need to contribute to that making disciples type of thing. Not just going out and trying to tell people about Jesus, but helping them to become Christians, to follow Jesus Christ. Because he comes at an hour that we think not. So we want to make sure he finds us awake when he comes. So finally, you say, well, how, how do I wake up? Well, Jesus tells us that easily in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 when he's talking to the churches there. I'm going to give you three words that Jesus Christ uses himself. The first word is the word remember. How do you wake up? First of all, you, you remember. You take your mind back to that place, to that time where you're more in love with Jesus Christ than any time before. And I, there's so much more about this in Wake the Bride about how to be awake, but just I'm, I'm simplifying this here. You need to remember what Christ has done for you. You need to, to dwell on that. Dwell on the reason that you are a Christian. Remember. Second word, repent. The word repent doesn't mean, oh, I'm sorry. It's not what it means. The word repent means to change your mind about something in such a way that, cha that it changes your life, that it changes your pattern of living, that it changes your hobbies, that it changes your routine, changes your schedule. It changes how you prioritize your, yourself. And then the third word is the word return. Remember, repent, return. And Jesus tells the church at Ephesus to, to return and to go back and do the deeds you did at the beginning. He said, well, what is that? What are the deeds I did at the beginning? What, what was characteristic of your life in those early years as a Christian? Man, you were hungry for the Bible. You're hungry to hear it taught to you in a deep way. You want to dig in. You want to know the truth. You want to be around people that are going to strengthen you in fellowship and make you a better and stronger Christian. You want to be involved in the right activities, not just activity, not just church activity or spiritual activity. You want to be in the ones that are right for you and the ones that, that use your strengths and your gifts so that you can make the maximum impact on the kingdom of God. Friends, it's no time for us to be asleep. We cannot fall asleep at the wheel. 
the stakes are too high. And God has put you and caused you to be born at this time in history so that you can make an impact for his namesake in this world today. So don't fall asleep. Don't be subject to illusions. Don't be inactive. Don't be vulnerable to attack. Know what's going on around you. Be connected with other strong believers because the Lord is coming. The time is, the hour is late and people need Jesus Christ. So remember, repent, and return. And most of all, stay awake. Hey, Friday, I'll have a whole new Vintage Truth podcast for you. Have a great week. I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.